0: This is Prep Spotlight on 740thefan.com. Stay up to date with high school athletics up and down the Red River
1: Valley. Here's your host, Chase Miller.
0: It's episode two of Prep Spotlight here on 740thefan.com. Glad you are tuning in for our second edition of the 2018-19 Athletic School Year up and down the Red River Valley. Coming up later today on the program, we have Brian Strand, Barnesville Head Football Coach, as that'll be our Game of the Week on Friday night on our sister station, 104.7 Duke FM. Barnesville, the Trojans travel to DGF to go up against the Rebels. It'll be a 7 o'clock kickoff. We'll get Brian Strand's comments on their opening game with DGF and a whole lot more a little bit later on here in the podcast. But first and foremost, let's bring in Mr. Brent Anderson with us here. And Brad, thanks for making the time. And also, let's kind of get right down to uh, the thick of things. High school volleyball officially was back in se- session uh, last weekend with Northern Cast winning their invite up in the Northern Cast for Class B, Class A. A lot of teams were out in the East-West Classic in the Capital City. Now Fargo-Davies go 6-0 during that time. We'll re- cap that a little bit. But first, let's talk about Class 2A football and kind of go over the weeded leaves of 2A football. You had a game down in Wapiton where Central Cast really took it to Wapitton against the Huskies. What kind of stood out most to you for the Squirrels in their first win of the season?
2: I thought offensively they were very efficient. Uh, Joan Elites was very good at quarterback. They took advantage uh, with, of the big receivers they have with uh, with J.J. Albright and Jacob Halverson all at 6'3", 6'4", and really picked on the Wapiton corners who just didn't have the size of 5'7, five, 5'8, um, They did a really nice job of exploiting that. Uh, I thought they held their own running the football against a pretty big Wapitan line. Uh, the defense was really what stood out the most. It was such a question of how they were giving up a lot of weight of the front line per man to the Huskies, but the fact that I think their athleticism quickness really took Wapitan out of their game, especially as the game progressed. It was second and long and third and long, and Wapitan. Right now, it just isn't comfortable doing that. They just, you know, they've just, they got a lot of inexperience with their skill players. Having Nate Kime back for the Squirrels really helped. He lost all of last year uh, due to an ACL. And they technically have him as a safety, but they can play him all over the field. They can use him as a linebacker. They can maybe even put him on as a defensive end if they really wanted to. Having him back there really makes a huge difference because he, he takes uh, good routes to the ball carrier. He can play, and he's just, uh, one of the central cast assistants was telling me they had already camp up at UND, and Eric Schmidt noticed that kid and says, that kid does things that some of our guys don't do. So that's a that's a really it's a really good sign for him to come back and play as well as he did on Friday night.
0: So you got central cast with the win. Wapiton started off with the loss. You in also in double A out in Jamestown. Fargo, Shanley and Jamestown. The Blue Jays went right down to the wire and that's a big game as it was last year at Sid City because if you want to keep pace with St. Mary's you kind of have to win until you play St. Mary's and then see if you can knock off the Saints that Shamley did last year to earn the number one seed. Bismarck St. Mary's came back in the title game though and got the revenge and won another class double a championship. Was that kind of what you were expecting out in Jamestown just a dog fight where the Deacons and the Blue Jays filling each other out one more time before
2: they both move to class 3A next year? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the thing that surprised me, uh, Shanley gave up two defensive touchdowns. Jamestown got two defensive touchdowns and his back and forth. The game here last year, I remember talking to Troy Madden after that game, it was a one-score game, but Shanley felt like they really were in control of it. They gave up a big play late. This one had a real back-and-forth uh, feel to it, and uh, and Shanley found a way to win. I think that's going to be the question, uh, Chase, is is... Can a team bump off a Shanley or a St. Mary's? And uh, Jamestown nearly did with the Deacons. They'll get a chance later in the year with St. Mary's. Can Central Cast Central Cass has both the Deacons and St. Mary's at home which on the turf, which will be interesting. But I think that's going to be one of the questions is, is there a team that can get into that upper echelon? And what teams are kind of battling for maybe those last two playoff spots? I think we have a good idea right now, but we might need another couple of weeks before uh, things, the picture is a lot clearer.
0: And it's one of those deals, too, where Class 2A 10 teams this year in Class AA 6 make the playoffs. And so every game means something You know, during the regular season. There's no quote-unquote non-conference games for any, any of these teams or for most of these teams, Watford City lost to Devil's Lake, so Devil's Lake, the Firebirds are one zero. Bismarck St. Mary's came out and put on an impressive show up in Grafton, and they're 1-0 over the spoilers. In the other game, Valley City and Turtle Mountain, Turtle Mountain went down to Hanna Field and knocked off Valley City. So after one week, you got five teams, Brad, who are 1-0 <laughs> and the other five that are 0-1. So out of the pack, that's 0-1 who can be the team that maybe tries to get to that 6 or that 5C that we kind of talked about already playing from behind the eight
2: ball I think Wapiton uh, will get better uh, I think they they have some some good s- skill guys it's just going to take a few games and hopefully they stay healthy uh, Desmond Azaro had a, a couple of nice runs against uh, Central Casper Brooklyn for a touchdown uh, I think Watford City will be there too with the style they with the style they play as well and just the fact that it's such a home field advantage when you go out when you get out there. Just for any, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, just for anybody, it's such a long trip, and so I think they can take advantage of that too. I would say those two are, you know, I think if you're looking towards the end of the year, probably maybe battling for that sixth spot, that might be a possibility. At least early on, I think Valley City's got some work to do. Grafton, I know, is down a little bit. Turtle Mountain, um, you know, they beat the Highliners last year and really. Weren't a lot of games after that. They did lose one to Central Cass in overtime, but uh, we'll see you on them. I guess I'm... That, that one's probably up in the air yet.
0: Brad Anderson with 103.9 The Truck with us here on Prep Spotlight. Brad, let's kind of go to 9-man here before we go to volleyball. You saw a quality Finley-Sharon-Home Page team against Napoleon Gackle-Streeter two weeks ago in 9-man football. And even though they're 0-2 after losing to Mateport CG, who's a team that I think a lot of people have pegged to be uh, on the top of Region 1 or have a chance to make the postseason, a team that made the you know the, the quarterfinals last year in 9-man, sharon Hope Page might have had the toughest schedule on of the shoot, the Imperials
2: and the Patriots. The Mayport game was, you know, was one that was really interesting. Uh, they played Napoleon extremely well. I, I was really impressed. Um, they've got two really good running backs, actually three. They Jack Irie's is going to be the the real workhorse, I and mean, he's a guy that they'll he'll get 25, 30, uh, 30 carries a game if they want to. Uh, they had an eighth grader, Blake, ja- or actually a freshman now, Blake Jacobson. He uh, suffered a concussion in the Napoleon game, so we'll see what happens there. So, so what they did. And when Jacobson got hurt, they used Xavier Jacobson, who was playing at right guard, put him at fullback, and he ran the ball very well. It's going to be a pretty basic game plan. They've kind of simplified the game plan a little bit. If they can control the clock, they held the ball for 31 minutes against Napoleon. That was a big factor in that uh, in that game. They were at the 20 with a minute and a half left, and Napoleon sent a linebacker in on a blitz. They threw an interception. And they had, that sealed the game. You know, it sounded like they they played very tight with Mayport as well. That might be a sleeper. We'll see. It, 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 we'll see how it fares. You know, they've got they've got Thompson this week, mm-hmm. uh, with weinberg looking looking like they're taking a step back. Um, you know, but it might be one of those two that, that they they might have to pick off, and they might be capable of picking off a team you wouldn't expect them to beat.
0: And that's one of the deals in uh, nine-man football. Sometimes you just never know, right? Hankinson, kind of, when they went out to play Oaks, Oaks kind of mm-hmm. took advantage of them, but then all of a sudden, they play to one point game with Richland <laughs> the following week in their region opener, and I would say Oaks has looked very impressive so far. You know, 2-0, and o, you can say Napoleon Gackle Street with their two wins with uh, Finley, Sharon Hope, Page, and Lamorla, Chomerian out in Region 3, but Region 1, it's probably Thompson again is probably the favorite, but then don't count out Mayport, and don't count out probably the Richland Colts with the running gun offense that uh, you know uh, Coach Rieppel is kind of implemented down there in Colfax.
2: Yeah, I think they they've got the they got the right guys in place to run that. I wouldn't count out Hankinson either, mm-hmm. even though with the two losses, I think they uh, with Coach Monte Laws there and they they've got Jackson Malk on the outside and they've got some pretty you know they got a good young quarterback coming back and uh, and Skyler Keller is a guy that can handle the ball. Noah Falk, you know, I think can do a good job at quarterback as well. I wouldn't rule out the Pirates either. I think they can they can get it rolling.
0: From uh, football, Brad, let's kind of touch on a little bit of volleyball, and it's always fun to get the East West Classic out in Bismarck or you kind of get some of these invites that are going up and down the Red River Valley, and we'll get more into the Minnesota side as the season progresses. But in North Dakota, Fargo-Davies goes out to the capital city, and they go 6-0, and maybe in our own backyard up in Hunter, Northern Cass defends their uh, home court and wins the Northern Cass invite. So what impressed you most kind of maybe on the first couple of volleyball matches, and the one thing, again, out on a lot of these tournaments you're maybe not playing five sets you're yep. only playing three sets but at the end of the day a win is a win and a championship is a championship
2: yeah and uh, they beat a, a team that's always there in Langdon Edmore Munich that's always a constant uh it seems like they've been in the state tournament for a number of years in this decade out of region four and for them to win that that's it, very impressive but it, I think it was interesting to see when they got in that championship bracket how many teams from the east there were with Langdon Northern Castle Oak Grove Richland uh, Lamar was still in there in that. And that's a pretty good feel. It's, it doesn't have everybody, like Central Cass wasn't in it, but he still had, still had a pretty good representation, I think, of what's good in Class B. Um, so I think that's going to... Yeah, I think Region 1 is going to be probably the central cast, northern cast again. I think Old Grove will be in the mix. I wouldn't count out Richland. It's a good, young, athletic team, and Craig Poole's is a really good coach. He's been around a long time and has, has won and at some small schools in Finley, Sharon, Hope, Page, and down in Richland as well. So I think uh, Region 1 is going to be very competitive once again. I think it's going uh, fun to be fun to see that uh, develop over the fall.
0: And then in Class A, we mentioned Fargo Davies. They continue to be uh, aggressive. You know, Fargo Shanley, you have a team head coached by, you know, Johnson that he's been there for a number of years and always seems to get the Deacons into an ADC top four or get close to state. The West Fargo Packers, West Fargo Cheyenne, you know, they kind of have gone through some transitions of high-caliber athletes coming through those programs. Uh, And I think Fargo Davies, Brad, just kind of what they did with some of those matches and who they played – Maybe not necessarily raise some eyebrows, but definitely kind of said, "Hey, this is an opportunity uh, for this club this year to maybe take that next step at the volleyball uh, volleyball landscape."
2: Yeah, in Valley City, I thought it had a nice showing. They go four and two, I believe it was, out of the A versus B, and that was such a such a neat run last year for them to uh, get into the semifinals and really went toe to toe with uh, with Bismarck Century. Just kind of had just didn't quite have the fire firepower to keep up with them, and we'll see. We'll see if they have enough left. They lost some some really uh, some really good players, namely uh, Reagan Inkstead, their setter, and, and she could was very versatile. We'll see if they have enough left there to uh, under a new coach too to see if they can uh, still be a factor in the EDC. Yeah,
0: Casey White was everywhere too, I believe, yeah. last year for them as well. So a lot of fun stuff to get to. A uh, uh, Brad, a couple of teams that you're going to be looking out for for the rest of the year, whether it's Class Three, Eight, and Nine man football, maybe on the Minnesota side of the border as well. Um, I know Barnesville, DGF, Moore had all those teams kind of get going this weekend but who's a team or two that you're gonna be looking out after the first week or so in North Dakota and as Minnesota officially gets underway with all classes later this weekend
2: with 3 a.m am gonna be curious to see about Fargo North now Adam rowland has been there long enough to see if uh, they, they know they got a win they beat Dickinson last mm-hmm. week and be curious to see if they can make that next that progression up and uh and and see with maybe West Fargo reloading a little bit and you know South you know got Weisenberger and some guys some experience there but We'll see if the Spartans, I'd be curious to see if they can maybe uh, sneak up on some teams. Um, Class A, you know, I look at Class A, I think there's interesting teams in the east i thought that was a really good win for carrington mm-hmm. uh shutting down kindred kindred really took some things away from him. carrington pretty much beat them on about three big plays in that game last week so it'll be i think it's going to be fun to see they're probably the favorite in that region you know i'm curious to see what hillsborough central valley brings back i mean they just reload with running backs with benson Grant and hastings Olson, yeah. yeah and they don't they don't miss a beat and and really after that's going to be the progression i think let's say in region 1 is uh, there's a is a melnor sergeant Maybe sneak up there uh, somewhere. I think I think the- those battles for maybe those last two spots, say in Region One, are going to be really curious and really wide open to see how things uh, shake out there.
0: It's going to be a fun one, Brad. As always, thanks so much for the time. I'm sure we'll get you coming back on down the line here on Prep Spotlight on 7
2: fan.com Oh, it was good. Good to be back. Thank you, Chase. <laughs>
0: Spotlight here on 740thefan.com. It's now time for the Minnesota side. Uh, to get ready for high school football. There was a a handful of games last weekend, but everything really gets going up uh, this weekend. And a game you can listen to on 104.7 Duke FM on Friday night. It's the Barnesville Trojans and the DGF Rebels at 7 o'clock from Glendon. And with us here is Barnesville head football coach. That is Brian Strand. And Brian, first and foremost, thanks for making the time. Let's just start there with the game against DGF, a quality opponent. Both of you guys have been in postseason contention for years to come. So uh, just kind of talk about going going up against DGF, and what do you hope to see from the boys in game number one?
1: I think it's an adventure every time you start a year off. Just you don't know who's coming back, I mean, as far as how they're going to fit into the picture. Um, DGF always, they're extremely well coached. They've got great numbers. Um, they've had um, an abundance of success over the last eight years or so. He runs a very good program up there. You know, we're a little banged up already. We've lost our starting running back, and now we lost our starting quarterback the there day in the scrimmage, um, has hand-stepped on. So we're just trying to f- figure out how how we're going to fill some of those roles. But um like said, we've got a very experienced team back. We lost uh, some big components off of last year's team, especially in our backfield. We returned five of our seven starting guys up front, but we lost our quarterback and two of our best tailbacks from last year's team in Brady Martz and Brady Tweeten. And also, I guess we're just kind of trying to build on that and to see how new kids fit into our system. And, uh, you know, we got plenty to work on this week after our scrimmage on Saturday.
0: And let's kind of go there. You mentioned about some of the guys that are leaving. So with the seniors or the upperclassmen that do have Mm -hmm. some time on the field, O'Brien, who might be one or two players that might stand out that you kind of say they're going to have to be the leaders this year on the football field?
1: Our two captains is senior center Jackson Pepping, uh, who started last year for us at center and did a very nice job. And Hunter Zenzen, who's a junior, um, is also a captain, and he's a three-year starter, um, two years at offensive end and three years at the DN spot. Um, Hunter is an, an athlete that I would say is just a bit above many others that, that we face. He's very big, very strong, um, comes with a strong attitude on the field. Um, he's a playmaker. Um you know, Preston Snowball uh, might be asked. He he started the last two years on defense, and last year he started at end for us. Uh, with our quarterback going down, he might be have to have to look at being a quarterback again, which he was before he came here. We're going to play that out throughout the week. Connor Morris is also starting guard. He started last year for us. Like I said, we've got enough experience back. We just need to get you know figure out how these younger guys are going to fit into the system. Nick Detloff, uh, started for me as a sophomore and last year he had some elbow issues. So he took the year off of football and now he's back for his senior year and he's looked fantastic on both sides of the ball. But to start off with, we're probably going to play him mostly on offense. Um, very big, he's about 190 pound running back and, uh, very good vision, very fast. Um, so I see him being a big component for us.
0: This section, uh, Brian, every year for you guys to try to navigate through and try to make another playoff run, what's it going to take this year with with your section? Who are going to be some teams to beat that will be, make it a challenge for you to get back to uh, postseason contention?
1: I feel there's one team to beat, and that's Holly. There will be other people think that will have good years, but uh, when it comes down to Holly, has a fantastic team senior class right now um we were fortunate enough to knock them off last year in the finals which i'm sure they're going to be very hungry for to come after us this year they're very well coached peter does a great job as does brett schmidt over there you know they're going to be geared you know we went the last two years and um it's just a very good rivalry between between the two schools but um honestly until someone else can step up and compete with us, I guess. I, I, I just feel it's going to be us, too, towards the end. And a big part is we, we need to get healthy. Um, if we don't get healthy and we keep getting banged up, it's going to be a long year.
0: I know there's always the fun part of this time of the year because it's just you haven't officially played a game. But I know, mm-hmm. as you said, sometimes you got guys banged up, whether it's through uh, a camp that comes into the regular season or guys get nicked up during the regular season. And you're trying to stay as healthy as you can uh, navigating that roller coaster yep. uh, of a year. So, Brian, as a head coach, what does this time of year feel like as a head coach before the lights come on for the first time uh-huh. on Friday night?
1: So far, we've geared up towards a scrimmage. You know, you don't prepare for any one team at a, at a scrimmage. You try and get the stuff in. You know, you're teaching many kids that haven't done it before, so you got to go at a certain pace to make sure that your freshmen and sophomores get the material. You know, but now we can start gearing towards what we know DGF wants to do, um, what they return. You know, they lost a good majority of their offensive line. I would say they graduated six of their seven guys up front you know they have their backs back and a very good quarterback so i mean we've got to figure out a way to attack them and to see and and, and find out ways that, that that they're going to want to come after us so again you got to kind of play it and and it's kind of like poker you got to kind of figure out what somebody else has mm-hmm. and plan accordingly
0: Brian strand with us here for a couple more minutes on prep spotlight and Brian, let's kind of start there too. I mean, I'm sure speaking of a roller coaster, it's been a ride for you too off the field Mm -hmm. uh, with the stroke that you had, just kind of, what have you learned about yourself, this football team in the community and not to say fortunate, but do you feel like, okay, there's a new breath of fresh air, maybe so to speak, uh, being back on the sidelines for game number one of this football season.
1: You know, it was, it was back in March when it happened. And, um, I've got a hole in my heart that I've got to get fixed um, after after the season. I have elected to wait until afterwards to get it fixed up, but um, that's what caused the clot. Um, you know, I feel pretty good. My memory and name recall is still a struggle, um, but it could always be worse. Um, I visited one of my ex-players from where I used to coach, and he was in a motorcycle accident. He's dealing with brain trauma right now, so I kind of went down and talked to him and his wife about what to kind of expect when you're going through the brain stuff and to take it easy and not get frustrated. But that's the biggest thing. I'm kind of a high roller anyways. (laughs) I mean, I, I've got one gear and, um, you know, it's kind of, it's tough to slow down. It's tough to, um, be patient with it, but healing process, they say is anywhere from a year to 14, 15 months, you know, before you get most of it back. Um, I don't think you ever get all of it back, but just forgetting, you know, names, especially, um, is probably the most frustrating part of, of the stroke process. And just, you know, again, having to be patient, which is not a strong suit of mine.
0: One of the things on top of you mentioned being patient, but what did you kind of learn about your community that maybe you didn't probably, well, you already knew, but I mean, what, I already knew like yeah. I said,
1: we've lived here for 15 years now. And I mean, Barnesville's in my opinion, one of the best communities in this area, if not the best, um, the kids were great at school. Um, even when I was here, they weren't getting in trouble in class. Um, very little things. I mean, I had to take definite time off. I don't think I got back to full time until probably beginning of May. But, I mean, we had people that made us meals. We had people that cleaned our house. We had a parent that came over and cleaned my driveway three or four times that snowed. You know, it just, I just think, you know, being from a small town, they look out for you. Mm-hmm. And I also coach girls basketball, um, youth girls basketball for my daughter's team. And they were seventh graders. I had the entire team come up, come up and see me in the hospital and you know, that meant a lot. I had my players come up and see me, you know, just, they kind of gather around you and, um, you don't know how strong a community is still like I said, you go through something like that. And I feel I'm fairly young. I was 45 at the, at the time, you know, but, um, it just, you know, it, it, it's not going to define who I am or anything like that. And I'm going to get out and do everything that I can and, um, my coaches make fun of me constantly because I forget things, and you know, but it is what it is. it's just josh and going on, but I mean, you know, um, the coaches in the area, you know, Peter Nass has been outstanding up in Holly and other guys, you know, but just like i said you you don't know how many people you have around you until you go through something like that.
0: Last thing for you, Brian, before we let you go, kind of back onto the field for Friday night against DGF. Outside a win and or a loss going up against the Rebels, biggest thing that you want to see in the first football game of the year to kind of say, okay, we can work on this moving into week right. two and, and into the section part of your guys' conference schedule. Outside of a win or right. a loss, what do you want to see, Brian?
1: You know, I want to see improvements from the scrimmage. I mean, we're going to go over the video today um, and talk about things that we did poorly, and I want to see, can they answer the bell? I mean, is it... I wouldn't say that we're the best scrimmage team anyway, because I said, we script our plays. We're not going to just do certain things that they're given to us. We want to see how certain guys react, and we try and keep our guys healthy. So, I mean, I guess the scrimmage is one thing, but I want to see constant improvement. I mean, if, if your team can't improve from now until the end of the, the season, you have problems. You know, so we've got to put some guys in places, and we've got to find out, you know, who can get things done. If they can't, we've got to train somebody else in that role. So, like I said, I'm very optimistic. I think I've got a good team here. We just need to get healthy. And uh, like I said, it's going to be a little bit longer climb than we usually have, but uh, I think our kids are up for the challenge.
0: Brian, thanks so much for your time, and best of luck on Friday night against DGF. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's Barnesville Trojan Head football coach Brian Strand with us here on Prep Spotlight. Again, you can listen to Barnesville football against DGF and the Rebels on Friday night from Glendon, Minnesota, opening kickoff at 7 o'clock on our sister station, 104.7 Duke FM. Thanks again to Mr. Brad Anderson and Brian Strand for episode number two of Prep Spotlight. We're back at it next week with episode number three at 7 o'clock on 740thefan.com.